0: Oh My hat is like a shark. Deepest blue is my hat is like a sharks Deepest blue is my hat is like a sharks spin. Deep blue as my hat is like a sharks spin. Deepest blue is my hat is like a shark fin. Deep blue as my hat is like a shark Deep as blue as my hat is
1: like a shark's fin. What is up, people? We are back in full force. This is the shark attack. I am yours truly Sean Williams. Joined with me once again. The sergeant-at-arms himself, Mr. J.P. Mayor. J.P., it's been a week since you were here, but we got so much to cover tonight.
0: Yeah, it's like, I go away for a week, and, like, so much fucking happens.
1: Yep. So, with that being said, to quote Max Kellerman from the old Around the Horn days, first topic. And, you know, I was ready to start this off with, well, with talking about the passing of Silver King, but more on that later. And then this morning, this happens. AEW's deal with TNT is now official. Top that off, and uh, let me let me ask you real quick. B slash R live. That's is that that's that Bleacher Report. I don't know. I
0: want to say yes, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of it until this point. But B R live and pay per view. We'll both be airing, double or nothing. So, you know, we've seen a lot of things like this before. I mean, ECW went to TNN, but that seemed to end up destroying it more than helping it. Lucha Underground's been on El Rey, but now it's in limbo because not everyone gets El Rey. Ring of Honor went with Sinclair, but hasn't really moved the needle in terms of viewership. Impact has gone to Pursuit, and nobody gets that channel. And then, of course, let's not forget Global Force Wrestling, which couldn't even get a TV deal and ended up just dissolving into nothing like it never even happened. So, JP, how big of a game-changer is this for AEW, and what do you think we can expect?
0: How big of a game-changer is this? This is absolutely fucking huge. Because now, for the first time since 2001, the WWE is going to have competition on national television.
1: Yeah, and you know, nothing again, I mean, all, nothing, to, not going to slam any of the networks that I had mentioned for the other ones, but TNT is a slightly bigger deal in terms of a cable network. It's more widespread than any of those. I mean, just about anybody that has cable has TNT. Absolutely. And the fact that also, to add to the plate, that Double or Nothing has gone from just being an in, like a big independent show, now it will actually be on pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, and for people who are bitching and moaning and complaining that it's $50, shut the fuck up. WWE charges, when WWE was on pay-per-view... They charged anywhere from $50 to $70 for a pay-per-view. I, when All In was on on Fight TV, I shelled out the $40 without thinking twice, plus I knew I wanted to see a good show, and I did. Like, I'm not going to be around to see it, to see Double or Nothing live... I will catch it the next day. I will spend the money as so long as it's on Fight TV. But don't illegally stream it. Buy the damn pay per view. Show your support and quit bitching and moaning already.
1: I agree. Just suck it up. You want everybody's been saying, "Oh, I'm going screw WWE. I'm going to AEW, or I can't wait for AEW." and prove it.
0: Uh, you know, th- this is what, this is something that's been bothering me for a long time. People are like, oh, well, I love WWE and nothing else. Or, I love Impact and nothing else. Or, I love New Japan and nothing else. It's okay to be a fan of the WWE. It's a- okay to be a fan of Impact Wrestling. It's okay to be a fan of just Ring of Honor. Like, me... I'm a fan of WWE. I'm a fan of Impact. I'm a fan of Ring of Honor. I'm a fan of New Japan. I'm a fan of independent wrestling. I am a fan of professional wrestling. That will never change.
1: Exactly. My My loyalty is to pro wrestling. And variety never hurt anybody. Absolutely. So, you know, I I really see nothing but great things... Coming from this, the announcement for AEW, absolutely, and Double or Nothing. I just have this feeling with this announcement and with it going on pay-per-view, and hell, the Dave and Buster's in Ontario out here is actually going to air Double or Nothing. So nice. So it's it's definitely garnished attention, and I only see things going up from here for AEW. And you know that with all these announcements, they are going to go balls to the wall on this show. Oh, yeah.
0: Now, yes, they have the great talent. They have have the Bucks. They got Omega. They got Cody. They got Jericho. But don't sleep on the smaller guys that they're signing. Jungle Boy, MJF, Joey Janela. Watch
1: them, and not to mention, they signed a guy who I who last time I saw him in an American promotion was Wrestling Society X, and I'm talking about Jack Evans. Now that
0: the best of all worlds coming up.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I never. I mean, he's appeared on like other promotions like Ring of Honor and Impact, but. He's never signed with anything exclusive with any of them. He's stuck with Triple-A yeah. for, for years. And I always thought he was one of the most impressive fly- high, flyers, high flyers I've ever seen in my life.
0: God, yes. And not to mention, they got Jimmy Havoc, who is one of the top deathmatch wrestlers around right now.
1: Like I said, nothing but good things coming up for AEW. But well, with that being said, it, let's move to the next topic. And actually, before we get to the next topic, I, I do want to talk about what I had mentioned earlier. I was going to start with the unfortunate passing of Silver King. Now, I hadn't watched m- much of his early stuff from when he wrestled in Mexico. The time where I got to know him was when he was in WCW, when they, ha- they were showcasing the luchadors. And they were showcasing a lot of luchadors like Parka, Psychosis, Silver King, um, El Dandy, Super Calo, Liz Mark Jr., and a long list of others. And yeah, most, most of the time you saw those guys lose against somebody else, but that didn't matter. I mean, the, the fact is, it doesn't take away from the tragedy that Silver King died during this match. I mean, the last time I've heard of anything like this was Rock Rock at an independent show having a heart attack and never pulled through. I mean, what more can you say about it than that?
0: Yeah, that... And what bothers me is, one, the video has surfaced of him dying, and two, the referee did not do a goddamn thing.
1: Let me just say this about the first part. If you're one of those that's posting in the video simply for clickbait purposes, and there are a few wrestling blogs that have done that, you're a complete piece of shit. They are. That's all I can say for that one. And I even made this a point, and usually I don't try to restrict any posts on the Shark Attack group on Facebook, but I said, if anybody posts the video of that you're kicked out. And I will and if I'm friends with you, I will block your sorry ass in half a heartbeat.
0: Well, if anybody like if anybody actually shared it, they are they're freaking tasteless.
1: Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, they're toast and I don't want to know them. That's I'm not usually that strict about something, but I will be strict about this.
0: Yeah, no, something like that, absolutely, cannot, cannot have that.
1: Yeah, and and on a side note, your luck, if I knew where you live, you'd be lucky I don't go to your house and, and just sucker punch you right in the fucking mouth, if you did something like that.
0: No, you have to aim for the dick.
1: Well, I would have, but if they pulled a move like this, I would have to assume that they have none. But, I mean, thoughts and condolences go out to the friends and family of Silver King. I mean, you'd never want to see somebody go out like this.
0: Absolutely.
1: But with that being said, here's the other thing that I've been excited to talk about. It's that moment, people, where we cross the line.
0: Bitch, what line?
1: Like I said, I figure I might as well use that soundbite while... While it's still relevant, since Sasha Banks is basically AWOL. But, what in the bluest of blue hells, man? Bray freaking Wyatt. I had a feeling this whole Firefly Funhouse thing was leading to something. But this? To quote Bill from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, that was non, non, non-non, non-heinous. That was just some freaky, scary, creepy, fucked up shit. mm-hmm It was like twi- it was like sweet tooth from twisted metal from hell.
0: That was I was like, oh wow. I think I said yowie, wowie
1: that That was just some totally creepy, fucked up shit and I loved it. I freaking loved it. I mean... It was,
0: it was beautiful.
1: They managed to make Bray Wyatt more dark, demonic, and monstrous than he ever was when he had the Wyatt family. So, the question I got, JP, we both agree this was... This was freaking brilliant. Absolutely. How far do you see this taking Bray Wyatt?
0: Uh, hopefully to a nice, lengthy title reign with a major championship.
1: Here's the things I take out of this, is that the build to this has been, to me, a stroke of genius and one of the few strokes of genius WWE has been doing lately. But and I said this a long time ago, You gotta give credit to Bray Wyatt. He is in great shape.
0: Yes, he dropped a lot of weight.
1: Yeah. So I give him all the credit in the world of that and but everything with this and even when before his reveal where you see his tone of voice change in his expression and you're just like, Holy crap, something big's about to happen. Like you just knew something was about to go down. And then you see that, and you're just like, "Holy crap!" Yes. Now I'm wondering, is he going to wrestle with that thing on, or he's, is he going to take that off and' it's like some kind of twisted makeup shit underneath that?
0: Good question.
1: Yeah, which frankly, because you could see how his eyes looked under that mask, I'm not opposed to either one.
0: see what happens
1: absolutely all right you know because we got so much to talk about no commercials this time around i'm just gonna go straight to everything else
0: i'll just just mention this episode is not sponsored by the pop-tarts that i just ate
1: well said by the way thank i'll just say thank god they stopped making those cookie dough pop-tarts those things are a death trap
0: smartest person
1: yeah yeah i'm just saying that those things were just uh evil
0: oh absolutely but evil in a good way
1: yeah evil but what a way to go but any case next topic and here's here's somebody that i don't talk about a lot and i can't believe i'm actually doing it jake hager aka jack swagger he is now two and zero in bellator mma he won his fight over the weekend given a lot of people turned off, turned against him when he didn't let go of the chokehold and the ref had to pry him off but report, apparently he didn't know the ref was the one that was that was hitting him telling him to let go and you know and he did cut a heelish promo afterwards and you know I had a feeling about this guy when I saw his promos, his vignettes, when he was in Lucha Underground, and thought maybe that there was something in him that WWE just kind of dropped the ball on. But it seems like he's definitely found his niche in MMA. So the big question, and JP, I brought this up to you over the weekend after the fight took place. How is it that Jack Swagger seems to be excelling thus far in MMA? And CM Punk's had two fights, and he's 0-2 in both of them.
0: I think with Jake, he actually cares. And with Punk, it was, oh, he's mad that WWE fired him and whatnot, so he just decided to, oh, I'm going to do MMA.
1: And he's been embarrassed in both of them. Yep. I mean, both... To the
0: point where he's... You'll probably never see him wrestle... uh, Wrestle... Fight in UFC again.
1: Oh, I think Dana White's already openly said that. He's done. There is absolutely no way you can make money off of a CM Punk fight. How do you advertise that? You advertise a guy that's getting his ass kicked? I mean... Both fights he just embarrassed himself. Yeah. But you know, I think having the amateur wrestling background for Jack Swagger from from his academics, that definitely helps matter much for him. Not to mention he is a he is a fairly tall guy. He is. So he's got the athleticism, he's got the height, he's got the wrestling background in his blood. So both of those I think play huge parts in why he's doing that good while c m punk you can't say that about any you can't say that about him at all in any of those categories
0: yeah like punk didn't obviously didn't have the the amateur skills punk didn't have nah eh that's just a don't get me
1: started. Yeah, that's opening up. That's just a huge can of worms on that one, but yeah, I'm I as far as I know, he knows some martial arts, but not enough to survive clearly not enough to survive in a MMA fight. I mean, you have I mean he only know he knew it as a recreational skill, while these guys they train to kick somebody's ass they train to kick somebody's ass, choke them out and just beat the holy crap out of them. Yep. And basically he's done pro wrestling all his life. I mean, at least with swagger, I mean, with his his wrestling background, he's got the grappling down cold. He knows how to comp- he knows how to compete on the mat in any something other than professional wrestling. And, you know, I just feel like they've had, you know, when WWE had him, there were were times where maybe he could have been something, but they just kind of dropped the ball. I mean, I'm one of the few that, and I told you this, I'm one of the few that, you know, I think I would have liked to have seen him in that flag match with Rusev. I think I would have liked it if he had actually won that fight. Because you maintain, look, because you would have maintained the whole yeah, Rusev lost the match, but he had never been pinned. And let's face it, his career has never been the same ever since he lost He lost for the first time to John Cena. Yeah. And Swagger never really went anywhere after that. I mean, he was... Sadly, no. Yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of missed opportunity. And then when he came back and confronted Baron Corbin when Corbin was somewhat decent... I thought that was going to lead to something. Nope. But, you know, we're jumping jumping topics. So already covered cross the line. And now we we ask that age-old question, who writes this crap?
0: Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people?
1: So the Saudi show is set to take place in June, and Goldberg vs. The Undertaker is now being booked for this. Thankfully, Goldberg isn't in a title match. But, JP, what the hell is the appeal of this match? Because the n- nostalgia-wise, can't be this big. Um,
0: to me, there is absolutely zero appeal. I will not be watching...
1: Truthful, yep, that's sorry. That. Truthfully, I think WWE with the Saudi shows can go up themselves. I don't support them doing this. I don't care what kind of deal they made to do these damn shows. And as far as Goldberg versus The Undertaker, yeah, maybe I would have wanted to see that 10 years ago.
0: And like, Goldberg himself has even said, this match would be a lot better if it was 1999.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, look, the streak when it was taking on, or when it was taking form with Goldberg, yeah, I was one of those that I got caught up in the hype of it, but after that, he doesn't move the the needle for me whatsoever, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't move the needle for anybody else. As far as The Undertaker, all due respect, seeing him in the ring now is painful.
0: Yeah, it's like, I legit have zero interest in seeing that
1: much. Yeah, I definitely agree on that one. Now, on to this next topic, which it almost sparked, it almost fell in the category of who writes this crap. And this is about Impact. Now, if you're wondering why I'm calling it Impact instead of TNA, eh, it got old. But Killer, Killer Cross wants out. And if you if you've seen the reports talking that a lot of guys in impact right now are not making near enough money that is sustainable from impact. They have to pay for their own travel. They have to basically they pay their own expenses. Impact doesn't cover any of them whatsoever. But also that the deals that they're that are being offered to the guys are if, if what I read is true, <laughs> it's not even entry level NXT status. That's how bad the money is. And that while there are guys that are making six figures, and Killer Cross feels that he should, with how many times he's appeared on Impact, he ought to be one of them, they lowballed him. So, JP, what do you make of all this?
0: Well,. Does Killer Cross deserve six figures a year? Eh. Maybe. Does he deserve more than what he's getting? Absolutely. Now, apparently, he's still under contract until at least next year, so t- Impact can. Basically, fuck him, and say, nah, you're staying here with us.
1: It does beg the question financially, how stable is Impact right now? Because it's starting to make me question, even though we've been down this road before, more times than we can count, it's making me question how stable they are, really. I mean, they're doing all their shows in Canada now, they... As far as I know, they can't even afford to do it anywhere else.
0: No, they've been doing show. They've done shows in the U.S.
1: Not as much as normal. I mean, I think, I think all their Impact shows, like except for the pay per views, I think all their Impact shows they do, they've done in Canada.
0: No, um, before the last pay per view, they were in, um, they were in Vegas. They just taped in Philly. I know they're coming back to the Melrose Ballroom. I think next month. That's in New York.
1: Hmm. But you know, we've how many times have we seen before where guys are getting are getting well shafted money wise from this company?
0: Oh yeah,
1: Tons. And there's only so many times you can do that before eventually you it just it just engulf them. I mean any other I mean we've seen several talents leave that promotion and just kind of shrug it off. But considering the amount of the amount of frequent the frequent amount that they've used killer cross and he's been a consistent talent on that on that roster. If he's wanting out, then I think you got a problem. Yeah. And plus, you just signed to multi-year deals guys like Moose and Willie Mack, who Nick Aldis, formerly Magnus, has openly said, you're making a big mistake. And thinks that Willie Mack would have been better off not signing. And this is a guy, he would... He was their top guy for a while. I think he knows fairly well what they're capable of. Yeah. I'm not ready to say abandon ship yet for Impact, but I will say that they got more they got bigger problems than they're letting on.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, right now all they're doing is basically staying afloat but how long they can do so remains to be seen. Now, speaking of guys signing who were formerly of Impact, and JP, you talk, you, you and I talked about this one. I know you're excited about this one. DJ Z, also known as Zima Ion, as was his other wrestling name, is yes. heading... He's been signed by the WWE. Now, I've often thought that he was good and... I would even go as far as to say underrated and underappreciated talent. So I'm happy that WWE signed this guy.
0: Oh, God, yes. Like, I got to meet him at a show uh, a couple years ago, and he was cool as fuck. So to see that he got signed is awesome.
1: And I'm sure he'll go NXT first, but I also think... Yes. He goes 205 Live. He'll do wonders for that promotion.
0: Absolutely. Same with... Same with somebody like Shane Strickland, who recently signed. But it looks like... But it looks like Shane is going to be down in NXT, which I'm fine with that, too.
1: And speaking of NXT, if I, what I saw was right. I think today today was the final showing for the War Raiders in NXT. Yes. That they finished their NXT run undefeated and laid and seemed to have forfeit the belts. Which, while we're on that subject, JP, where, what do you see coming out of that? That now there there is the, a vacancy with the tag team champions in NXT.
0: Uh. Set that bar really high. Um it's gonna be interesting to see what team comes out, whether it be the street profits or Oni Lurkin and Danny Birch.
1: The Forgotten Sons, also The Forgotten Sons, former Tag Champions, the Undisputed Era. Undisputed
0: Era see, I don't see it being
1: the Undisputed Era. It feels like been there, seen that. Yes. But, um, definitely, anytime now, especially with the signing of Zima Ion, or, sorry, DJZ, and also Shane Strickland, and let's not forget Kushida.
0: Absolutely.
1: That, you look at NXT, you just... It, to quote Jack Nicholson in Batman, think about the future. Because honestly, I think that's exactly what we're looking at every time with NXT, is the future.
0: Oh God, yes.
1: And because we've we got plenty of guys who still have yet to be moved up yet, or into the main roster, and if WWE actually pulls the trigger, they can do wonders. Speaking yeah, of well,
0: the you know, problem is, when they get to the main roster, they, they deal with Vince.
1: Which I'm glad you brought that up, because that's the other thing I wanted to bring up, because there's been a lot of posts talking about frustration within creative, and Vince is the cause. And given what we've seen ever since WrestleMania, I'm not surprised by any of it. So, JP. All I can say, I mean, we can only theorize at this point, but what the hell is going on? And what do you see being the and in- the inevitable conclusion with this? I am ha- just
0: fucking lost when it comes to that. Like, I really have like no words. <laughs>
1: All I can say is, when, when did all of a sudden Vince McMahon get switched out with Vern Gagne? Because the way Vince has been lately is almost Vern Gagne and AWA epic proportions. And that can be a big problem. I mean, you just si- you signed that billion dollar deal with Fox. You cannot afford to have your product look like this. Because the second that you're not delivering, on like, and I said this last week, the second you're not delivering on the ratings, they're going to make sure you know about it. You thought, I mean, the McMahons thought it was frustrating already, the fact that now they have to answer to shareholders now that they're a publicly traded company. They're, then they're really going to be miserable when they have to answer to Fox. Oh yeah, because Fox doesn't throw that kind of money around lightly, without getting results within a re, within a quick time frame. You when you throw around when you throw that kind of money into the mix, they have a Fox has a billion reasons why to not be patient. Mm -hmm. And I think the end was... I really think in terms of what do they do, I think Vince is simply delaying the inevitable. And by that I mean, he's got to go. And Bruce Pritchard was saying on Something to Wrestle that Vince tends to try and avoid being on camera unless he has to be. I think at this point... Just stop being on camera. I mean, promos the promos Vince does now are embarrassing. Well, embarrassing and also sad. I mean, he have you looked at him? He looks visibly uncomfortable being on the camera and half the time doesn't even get the words right. I mean it, it's just common I mean it's just how it looks. But let's face it the end game ultimately is going to be Triple H taking over. Thank God. And not soon enough. Now speaking of uh, talents from the indies going to WWE. You know, I feel like I've been more than patient with this. But Apollo Cruz what went wrong with this guy? I, I don't know. He's got the athleticism. he's got the he's got the skill. we know this. but he just can't connect with the crowd. I guess the unfortunate truth is maybe some guys are built to be on the big stage. But, and as much as I like, all due respect to Apollo Cruz, maybe he just isn't.
0: Yeah, Apollo, like, when he was on the Indies as UHA Nation, he tore it up. WWE, not so much.
1: I think when you took away UHA Nation from him, you took away whatever was marketable. Yeah. I mean and some guy I mean some guys that you don't take take it away what made them big, they they shown they can prosper from it. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Hell, thankfully they haven't changed Keith Lee. Who if if I I think he made his return this tonight. After he's been not, injured. No,
0: I did not watch
1: No, he I no, he watch. did. He did he did return tonight. Okay, cool. So he's back from injury. Although I thought I heard I thought I read somewhere that Dominic Dijakovic unfortunately is injured.
0: Yes, I heard that.
1: Which that that's not, not good. Yeah, but you know, we mentioned we talked about impact earlier. Of course, Santana of LAX reportedly has a torn MCL not a good thing when he's one half of the tag team champions yeah and you don't exactly have a lot of tag teams to really take the belts off of them right now
0: yeah they got a couple no I wouldn't necessarily
1: yeah and
0: especially
1: yeah it's just And now with the Lucha Brothers, they're exclusively with AEW. You don't have that option to rely on. Yeah, no. So, definitely the last thing that Impact needed.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. And now, I actually found something.
1: Yeah, shoot.
0: It looks like, um... I found some advertised matches, other than the two that have already been announced for the Super Showdown.
1: Oh boy, let's hear it.
0: I have six matches. The first one, Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman.
1: You know, Uh, I wouldn't mind that match.
0: The second... Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon.
1: Take a picture of what Shane McMahon will be wearing for that match, and, and just give the coroner that picture and say, "See you at the morgue."
0: Yes, the third match is a match for the Intercontinental Championship. Champion Finn Balor. Champion. Well, shit, ch- title's not changing Sunday because. Bowlers in the Money in the Bank match. He will be taking on Andrade.
1: That'd be an interesting match.
0: The next match is a rematch for the WWE championship. It will be current as of now champion Kofi Kingston versus current challenger Kevin Owens. Interesting. The next match is another rematch for the Universal Championship. As of now, current champion, Seth Rollins, taking on the challenger nobody wants, Brock.
1: Well, Lord.
0: And there is going to be a 50 guy. Here, you heard me correctly 50 men battle royal how the fuck are you putting 50 men in that ring
1: I have no idea but I can also say <laughs> to quote Peter Griffin oh my god who the hell cares seriously a 50 man battle royal for what
0: Um, I'm gonna guess that's stupid green belt that Braun won last year?
1: Yeah, that's about a, worth about a, as much as those uh, foam belts that they do at uh, that they sell at Target. Yeah. God help. Well, I want to think that, well, let, let's face it, when they gave Brock Lesnar the belt, at the last Saudi show, Roman had forfeited the belt, Braun was hurt. they had no choice, and considering this is trip that Seth Rollins is Triple H's guy, I don't see him doing that. Yeah, I think they I think they've learned from their mistake of having Brock as a part-time champion.
0: God, I hope so.
1: But, you know, let's, we actually breezed through uh, a lot of what we were going to talk about pretty good, but let, actually, before I talk money in the bank, I asked, we talked about this on Facebook. Worst tag team that you ever saw that when you watched them the first time, you knew there was no way this was going to work and didn't end up working out. Now Techno I
0: give... Team 2000.
1: Yeah, which I told you, anything with Eric Watts in the mix is doomed for failure. But the one that I named and showed you was the Master Blasters. Or, as I like to call it, something Kevin Nash would love to wipe from his resume. I mean, here's how bad it was. And Jim Cornette's buried it And even Kevin Nash himself has buried it. Now, the first time the Master Blasters competed was you had them named Iron and Steel. Iron was apparently so bad and so green, he didn't even know how to do a wrist lock, that at one point during the match, you could actually see him say to Kevin Nash, what the hell am I doing? He didn't know what the hell to do. And you're doing this on a Clash of the Champions match that's being broadcast on TBS live at that point. And that guy only lasted a week before they switched him out with a pro wrestler, well, real-life name, Al Green, although they had him go by the name Blade and by Halloween Havoc. You had Blade and Steel for the Master Blasters taking on the Southern Boys. And then, well, you had them take on the Steiners on a, on w, on a WCW Saturday show, which he thought um, Green ended up saying he didn't think it was the right time for the Master Blasters to have their first loss. Next thing you know, he got fired. So, and here's the point that Jim Cornette, and yeah, I know how we all feel about him, but the point that I felt had he had merit with this one was that the first match that the Master Blasters had was against Brad, Ar- Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner. And Cornette's words were, if you can't work a match with Brad Armstrong, you really have no business being in this business. Yeah. Because Brad Armstrong was the kind of guy that he was good at selling. He was good at making the guy he was against look good. In fact, Cornette's words were he could make him he could be wrestling a paraplegic and still make it look like a four-star match. Yeah, he was good. And and you want another testament of how how good Brad Armstrong was. He wrestled on another Clash of the Champions against, against later to be Mr. Hughes, but at the time, the Big Cat. Yes. And he even made that match look salvageable. And so that's just how good Brad Armstrong was. So the fact that you couldn't even... That one of the easiest people to work with, and you couldn't even get get that right in that from all the stories have been about the guy who who was iron of the Master Blasters basically got on a bus went back to wherever he wherever he came from and never looked back and just left Kevin Nash high and dry (laughs) talk about a story of somebody who is definitely not not built for that business. God, yes. But another one while watching, like, old clips of Halloween Havoc from 1990, which was actually the first WCW pay-per-view I ever watched. Here's one that I also was never, a tag team I was never crazy about. The Renegade Warriors.
0: Renegade Warriors. It sounds familiar. It
1: was a Native American tag team consisting of Mark and Chris Youngblood. Okay. And they had them in a feud with the Freebirds, never getting the upper hand on the Freebirds. In fact, they were so not over with the crowd. They were were cheering for the Freebirds, and the Freebirds were the damn heel team. But another example, but looking back at how that, with, that was the first pay-per-view I ever watched from WCW. And that was unfortunately during the time of the Black Scorpion angle. Uh, Talk about something you wish you could purge from memory. Yes. It could have been something good, but then you had to have him do this David Copperfield crap. And not to mention the whole Barry Wyndham decked out as Sting and then having the real Sting come out in the end. You basically just... You basically made filler out of Sid Vicious. That you basically... And just wasted our time with that. You were supposed to be challenging Sting, who was the world champion at that time, and you basically did nothing. But here's another, and, you know, it only took me this long. I mean, I'm older now, obviously, but seeing that, I'm just like, wow, this pay-per-view really wasn't that good. Because, well, at one point you had Ric Flair and Arn Anderson challenge Doom for the tag titles, only to end in a double countout. When is that ever a good result? You had Junkyard junkyard Dog Squash Moondog Rex in a match that was also forgettable. Oh, God. You had Terry Taylor take on Wild Bill Irwin, and the crowd was actually chanting, boring. They were just bored to tears watching that movie, or watching that match. And, of course, well... And this was probably one of the only highlights that I took out of it was you had Stan Hansen not only beat Lex Luger for the U.S. title, you had him beat him clean. Yeah, Dan Spivey interfered but failed miserably, but what actually ended up beating Lex was he got clocked with the Lariat.
0: Stan Lariat had the... Stan had a Stan Lariat. Stan Hansen had the best Lariat.
1: And, you know... I think in terms of the heel characters, he was, when I said how DJ Z was underappreciated, I don't think any, I don't think that he was ever truly, Stan Hansen was ever truly appreciated for being the heel, the heel character he was. He was the crazy, he was the crazy badass from Burger, Texas. I mean he was the guy that basically took the rule book and threw it out the window agreed and the other thing I took from watching clips of Halloween Havoc god Missy Hyatt was annoying as hell
0: yeah but she was hot so I didn't mind looking at her
1: she was basically that era's equivalent of Sunny yes Hot, but served no real purpose whatsoever. But anyway, that was then, this is now. Oh, you know, I actually named two tag teams with the Renegade Warriors and the Master Blasters. I know you named Techno Team 2000. Got another one? I do not. Uh, I'll give you another one that I could never get behind. The Body Donnas. Ugh. I can't. That was just a. T- that was a team where I was like, I actually feel bad for Chris Candido. Yeah, it was bad. It wasn't until ECW that we actually saw what he was truly capable of. Of course, it was never to be in the main title picture on ECW, but still. Need an example of if you need proof of that. Watch Hardcore Heaven when it was him versus Taz right at the start of the show. Yeah. That see that that's those were two title reigns, like Sting and WCW and Taz and ECW. There's was one trait that I felt both those title reigns had in common. No competition. You didn't have any contenders. Stings was worse just because it was tainted by the Black Scorpion. God, yes, son. But, um, let's talk Money in the Bank, JP, since that is this Sunday.
0: Money! Money, 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 money,
1: money, 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 money! I just downloaded that song off iTunes.
0: let me pull up the... the card...
1: Yeah, go ahead and break that down for everybody else. All
0: right. (laughs) All right. Money in the Bank 2019, live from the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut, this Sunday, May 19th. As of, God, 11 matches, God, I'm going to be at my friend's house until fucking forever. All right. And as of right now, there is just one pre-show match. Yeah. Yes, and it is a match. Um. Okay. It is a non-title match. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos.
1: All due respect to the Usos and Daniel Bryan. Why even bother?
0: Put the titles on line.
1: If the belts aren't even on on the line, then don't waste our time.
0: As you can hear, Axel disagrees. Axel thinks it should be a title match.
1: Yeah, I'm agreement. I'm in agreement with him. Like, a, you don't have any business to have a non-title match on a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, no.
1: It's either non-title matches should only be on the regular te- the regular televised shows. Agreed. So if you're not even going to bother with having having a be for the title on a pay-per-view then don't waste any of our time. All right, so what do we got next?
0: All right, singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Champion Tony Nice, challenger Arya Davari.
1: Var got potential but I don't see Tony Nice dropping that belt just yet
0: nope me either I'm going nice um next singles match for the WWE uh, United States championship um, as axel's climbing on me um champion Samoa Joe challenger Rey mysterio axel who do you pick axel picks uh, Mysterio I pick Joe
1: I'm picking Joe just because well you know I, I heard Ray's hurt so I don't see him getting a belt anytime soon yeah
0: now I'm just doing this in the order that it's listed on Wikipedia so um, under no circumstances do I think that this is going to be the order of the matches
1: right Good. good point we're just yeah we're just reading off the matches here people
0: yeah a singles match for the WWE Championship, champion Kofi Kingston, challenger Kevin Owens. I
1: don't know.
0: now. See... Kofi's been a defending machine lately. Defended it. Defended it against. Um, who the fuck did he defend it he de- um, against? Daniel Bryan. Right. Then the three way with AJ and Sammy. Mm-hmm. So, he's actually defending the title, which is a good thing.
1: He's acting like a champion. Give him that.
0: Yeah. I say he runs with it. Let him... He retains.
1: If Kofi... If Kofi drops the belt, he's not dropping the belt till at least SummerSlam. So, I'm saying Kofi retains.
0: Yeah. Alright. Next match is a steel cage match. The Miz versus Shane McMahon.
1: Miz has to get the win here.
0: Yeah, Shane won at Mania.
1: Let Miz get the rub here. I mean, you already had him put Shane over at Mania. You owe him that much. Yeah. All right, what do we got next?
0: Next is the match, a singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch... Versus Charlotte
1: Flair. <sighs> oh, this is now, a tough one.
0: Now, for me, it's a matter of who who Becky faces first. I would agree. If Becky faces Lacey first, Charlotte wins. If Becky faces Charlotte first, Becky, Becky wins.
1: Let's not rule out the possibility that Becky may walk... Could actually walk out... Still walk out with both belts. I'm not saying it's going to stay that way, but I'm saying maybe to run with the whole Becky two belts thing, they may have her hold on to it a bit. Possibly. I think she's going to walk out with both belts, but if I... But I will say that if she does drop one of the belts, it would definitely be the SmackDown one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because Charlotte, at least, is credible. But Lacey Evans, while she's getting there, not ready yet. Nope. So, that's where I stand on that one.
0: Alright, next on the list. A singles match, Roman Reigns versus Elias. Uh,
1: This is a tough one. No, one, one thing that uh, when listening to Break It Down with Brian H Brian was saying how you all happy now? <laughs> Roman's not in the title picture
0: yeah
1: yeah so at this point you kind of have very little room to complain about the guy
0: yeah absolutely
1: so um but you know yeah Even though a lot, you know, I'm a fan of Elias, but I I don't see him beating Roman. No. Me either. Yeah, so I say Roman takes that match.
0: Same here. Alright. Now we're going into the two Money in the Bank letter matches. First is the women's Natalya versus Dana Brooke versus Naomi versus Alexa. Versus Bailey versus Mandy Rose versus Ember Moon versus
1: Carmella. <sighs> this this is tricky. Um, I don't th- I don't see Alexa Bliss winning back to back Money in the Banks. I just no, don't. thank God. Um, Carmella, while I like Carmella, I don't see her doing it this time, a second time either. So let's rule out Alexa Bliss and Carmella. Because whoever wins this one has to be a new winner.
0: Yeah, I'm actually gonna put it down to four people. Right. Dana Brook, Dana Brooke, Bailey, Mandy Rose, and Ember Moon.
1: Bailey, I just I'm gonna say not gonna happen. No. Nope. I'm
0: actually gonna go Ember Moon. I think Sonya Deville is somehow going to cost Mandy. So I'm going to go Ember.
1: It comes down to Dana Brooke or Ember Moon. And while I like Ember Moon, and Brian actually uh, made this or went out on a limb and picked, picked this girl, I just have this feeling about Dana Brooke. And I know this goes against normally everything that I would normally say, but I just got this feeling. She's improved. Absolutely. She's improved and only getting better. And I think if you have her win Money in the Bank, I think this would say a lot for her. I think... Look what it did for Edge when he won Money in the Bank. If he never got Money in the Bank... Would he have become the rated-R superstar that he became?
0: Who knows? Probably not. No.
1: So that's what... I think that could be what it does for Dana Brooke. So I'm going with Dana Brooke on this one.
0: Now, if Dana Brooke wins the Women's title, is she going to have a live sex celebration?
1: Only if it's with me. Okay. What, hey, look! Hey, she offered. What it was like? What would I say? No. Well,
0: absolutely, I get you.
1: Come on, what do I? Come on, like I said before, what do I look like? A fucking monk.
0: All right. Next is the men's. Sami Zayn versus Ricochet versus Drew versus Baron Corbin versus Ali versus Finn versus Andrade versus Orton.
1: Okay, Randy Orton, no. Baron Corbin, hell no. Finn Balor, no, because any guy that's carrying a mid card belt into the money in the bank doesn't win the briefcase. That's just been a fact. Very sure. So, forget that. So, you knock out those three guys. What does that leave us? Um,
0: Sammy, Ricochet, Drew, and Ali, Ali and Andrade.
1: I think Ali and Andrade will be the ones that take the, nasty, the big nasty spot with the ladder. Like the big drop or whatever. The big bumps, I think. Yeah. Then again, I could say the same thing about Ricochet as much as I would love to see him win that briefcase, but I don't think it'll be him. I'm going to no. say it's going to be Drew McIntyre. You see,
0: I think it's going to be Andrade.
1: I just have, I don't, yeah, I just have this feeling that, well, that'll actually tie into what I think for, um, with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Because not only do I think Drew McIntyre will win Money in the Bank I think he'll cash it in and win. Ooh. Because here's something that I realized. We haven't had a male winner like of Money in the ba- a holder of Money a men's holder of Money in the Bank successfully cash in in two years.
0: Since Dean Ambrose.
1: Right. Because after him, we had Baron Corbin. He failed. And last year, we had Braun Strowman. Do we really need to revisit that one? Yeah. He didn't mean that, people. He meant, obviously, none of us want to revisit that nightmare. (laughs) We don't. So, I think that you definitely have to have whoever wins on the men's side, cash in and it, have it be a successful cash in. So I'm most definitely saying um, I I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre.
0: Man, I'm going Andrade for the cash in. Well, I just mean the win, not the cash in.
1: All right. Well, speaking of which, that leads to the next, to the Universal title match, which actually, for the first time in years, the belt actually is starting to mean something.
0: Yes, it's being defended on back-to-back pay-per-views.
1: On top of being showcased on Raw every week. Yes. What a strange concept. Back when it used to... A big change from when it used to be a part-time belt on a guy to the point where you almost pictured Bullwinkle saying, Hey, rookie, watch me pull a title belt out of my ass. Really? God, it's frightening that I did that damn voice. (laughs) Anyway, my pick for Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. I say Seth retains, but I stand by my... I not only think... I think Seth retains... But then Drew cashes in and takes the belt.
0: I say Seth retains and no cash in.
1: And if if no cash in takes place, I definitely see that feud with him and AJ definitely carrying on a bit.
0: Would be nice. It'd be something interesting to see. Instead of him versus Croc.
1: Whatever the, whatever the result, whatever results in Brock Lesnar not getting another stiff at a title belt. God. And he, hell, even WrestleZone has said the things that WWE should do if Brock is staying. Don't give him another title belt.
0: Make him wrestle full time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's paying like,
0: him that much fucking money.
1: Exactly. You want? Hey, you want to? It's like you want to be champion again. Fine. Put in the put in the commitment. It's like I said, there's no such thing as a part-time champion. When you're wearing that belt, you're you're a champion full-time, whether you like it or not. And the day you start to act like a part-time champion is the day you don't deserve that belt or any belt. Yeah. All right, so, and, of course, um, one of the big last thing I want to mention, of course, it's been announced, uh, one of the upcoming takeovers is going to be take place in Toronto, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: No, last time TakeOver was in Toronto, it was good.
1: Well, I'm talking about the crowd-wise, I don't know how much, whether that's good or bad. Toronto tends to get as hostile as Chicago, New York, or L.A. does in terms of the, or Pittsburgh. In terms of the crowds.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's probably going to be the takeover right before the day before SummerSlam.
1: And you know, yeah, and you know, because you showed me the video of uh, Tommaso Ciampa, you know. You know we were saying that you don't want to risk his health, that he's got he's got people in his life to think about. Ah, who am I kidding? I'm a sucker for a comeback story.
0: Yeah, but at least the WWE has said, whether you come back as a wrestler, you come back behind the scenes, you're with us.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. I, I think they would def they would definitely wanna come up with something so that he's that he doesn't have to walk away. Yeah. I mean look what they did for Corey Graves. Yeah. So I And what they did for a short time for Paige. Especially for Paige. Which I by the way, I don't know whether this is legit or if it's just WrestleZone being stupid. First it was the Sky Empresses. Now it's the Kabuki Warriors. Stop coming up with goofy names for Kyrie Sane and Asuka.
0: Um, it is legit. The Kabuki
1: Warriors. Ugh. Pass. I don't mind coming up with a name for Asuka and Kyrie Sane's team. Just give it a name that makes sense.
0: Here, here's a name: Asuka and Kyrie
1: Sane. Exactly. I mean, look. Like I said, the Sky Pirates made sense when it was Yoshirai and Kyrie Sane. Yes. This make, but but the whole. I mean, what is with WWE and coming up with these goofy tag team names? It's just mind boggling. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Uh, this was another thing I wa- wanted to mention. Well, now we know why uh, Cesaro and Sheamus were split up during the Superstar <laughs> Shakeup. It looks like Sheamus's career might be done. It's a shame because, you know, all my criticisms aside about Sheamus, the guy was was good. He was a good worker. I mean, you can't deny that about the guy. Oh, absolutely. Storylines and angles may not have been that good for him. And it was hard people had a hard time taking that damn mohawk seriously. God, yeah. But, and as simple as a bicycle kick is, he made the brogue kick look lethal.
0: He put some emphasis into it.
1: Yep. But, um, it's definitely a shame because he was definitely a promising athlete and, you know, what we were talking about for Tomas... Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, I'm sure WWE will come up with something for Sheamus. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, oh I keep remembering other stuff that I wanted to bring up, but. So, and change with the announced team in NXT. Percy Watson's out, Beth Phoenix is in. I'm kind of on the fence on how I feel about this. I didn't have a problem with Percy Watson. But I also don't have an issue with Beth Phoenix. Exactly. And adding a female presence to the announced team for NXT with adding her with Morrow and with Nigel? Why the hell not? I mean, you already have two good ones. I mean, Morrow is as good as they come. And Nigel's definitely found his footing doing the commentary for NXT.
0: Not only does he do the uh, commentary for NXT, he does commentary for 205 Live, and he does commentary for NXT UK.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I know when he first did commentary for in Ring of Honor when he was there, kind of struggled a little bit. But he's definitely found his footing with it now. Agreed. And, you know, I, we, we've seen Beth Phoenix do commentary, so it's, she's not bad at it. No, she's good. So I don't see an issue with this. I just think it's just a shame that Percy Watson's kind of getting the short end of the stick here. But what I heard, I think you were telling me this that he may ha- he may be having his eye on other other prospects other than wrestling.
0: Yes, it was me who said something, and from what I'm hearing, he wants to go into acting.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how much you'll get out of that one, though. You never know. Yeah. Hey, I welcome the idea of being wrong. But with that being said, we're going to wrap things up for tonight. JP, plug away.
0: So I have a Twitter page. And it's at jpmayor80. I do stuff on Instagram, too. I mostly post videos of my... Dog and cats. Um. Yeah, I do stuff on there, like nothing spectacular. So follow me if you'd like.
1: All right, and of course, follow me on Twitter at uh, Seanimus Prime eighty one. The Instagram handle for this show is at Sean's underscore podcasts and uh let's see well this Sunday I'll be watching money in the bank at my at my friends uh, house and um, as of last well thank I'm still sporting the championship belt ring which I'm currently the reigning champion after getting the most picks right and I will be not only defending that belt but thanks thanks to each of us chipping in we now have a Champ WWE Championship belt to actually sport for the winner.
0: Now, I think the winner gets the title. The loser has to buy beer.
1: Yeah, true. But, well, we, we still got to figure out what the heck to do with the Championship belt ring. But, and for the record, it it's not the ones off WWE shop. It's, the $100 one that they sell at Target, but still, it's actually not bad for that.
0: Yeah, no, I have a friend who has the Universal Title one of those, and you wouldn't realize that it's, like, not the $300 the $400 one off WWE shop.
1: Oh, I've seen the pictures of it. Yeah, so I'm shocked by that. You know, they need to make more belts like that.
0: Yeah, really. Like I would actually spend a hundred dollars and get
1: one of those. Hell, I wish. Hell, I wish they'd do that for the NXT belt. Even though I got the, I got the regular toy one of the NXT belt, and it's actually not bad looking.
0: That one's nice.
1: That's the one thing I could say about the. Uh, NXT belts, they're probably the most prestigious looking of any of the championship belts in WWE.
0: Well, they kind of had to change them after Paige took a load on, uh, yeah, that's for After Dark.
1: Yeah, but, well, even before that, I really didn't like the old NXT belt at all. No. But also, it's the one time where the women's title actually looks good, because I don't think WWE's ever made a good women's title.
0: I like
1: the women's tag titles. Oh yeah, well, while I'm talk- well, those aside, I mean the sing- in terms of sync sing- women's uh, the singles belt.
0: Ah, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, agreed.
1: All the way from that women's championship to the divas title, I never liked either one of those. I
0: hated the butterfly.
1: Oh God, yes. But yeah, the N- the women's tag titles and the NXT women's championship are probably only. The only times where there have been good women's belts. Probably. Have they announced anything yet for the next takeover?
0: Only Cole versus Gargano and Baszler versus Io. Well,
1: it's the only... I think it's one of the few. I think it's the only opponent that Shayna Baszler has left. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to plug, of course, um, the Facebook group is the Shark Attack, which you'll see me and JP and others talking wrestling. And of course, if you're digging what you hear on this show, make sure you make sure you feel free to donate because. JP can only warm up the vocal cords for so long.
0: Yeah, now, I, was, I know I was gone a week, but did, did you get any donations? Do I get to sing yet?
1: Yeah, we haven't hit the $10 mark yet.
0: Wait, wait, well, i Hey, I said I would sing at any donation.
1: Yeah, currently we're at 6 bucks.
0: Alright, whoever donated, let us know what song you would like me to sing. I will sing it very badly.
1: Yep, karaoke night from hell.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah. what would be worse than JP doing karaoke? Me doing karaoke.
0: No, nah, nothing is worse than me doing karaoke. No,
1: yeah, I don't know. Unless it's a Johnny Cash song, I know I'll suck at it. With my damn voice, but... Oh yeah, and of course, uh, I know I kind of got distracted from it, but the next episode of Variety Bites, I'll be talking about... Well, I'll be talking about a lot of the D.C. shows wrapping up for this season, including Arrow and Flash. Also, um, I'll be talking about the NBA playoffs, which are well underway. Hell, we're in the Final Four right now. And, of course, I'll talk about what I think—what what should I expect with the Lakers surprisingly getting the number 4 draft pick. Yeah,
0: I'd like to talk—I'd like to speak on that real quick. How the fuck do my Bulls, who had the fourth best worst record in the NBA, get stuck with the seventh pick?
1: I have no idea.
0: Grade A Bull donkey
1: shit. Yeah, I'm still stunned the Lakers even got number four. I thought they were going to get 11th.
0: Well, I don't think the Pelicans were expecting to get number one.
1: No. But um, other stuff I'll talk about on Variety Bites, I'll talk about, well... Uh, upcoming movies. um, How well I think that Aladdin movie will do. Truthfully, I'm looking forward to Godzilla King of the Monsters a lot more. And of course, my thoughts on Dark Phoenix, whether I think it'll be good or bad. And, um... Oh, and... I'll I'll give my two cents on Game of Thrones and give a nice hearty shut the hell up to all these idiots who are petitioning saying, redo the whole season. (laughs) Kiss my ass.
0: Yeah, how are you going to redo an entire season? Like, I don't watch the show, but, like, no, you're not going to just redo an entire season because y'all fanboys are cranky about it.
1: That's what I hate about most Fanboys, even though I am one, is the sense of entitlement. Like they're owed something. (laughs) You're watching. It's like, hey, they make the show, you watch it, the debt's paid. It's like you want. It's like you want to find entitlement, look it up in the damn dictionary. (laughs) Because. I just feel like anybody that feels, like, this sense of entitlement of anything deserves a swift kick in the ass. But, you know, but, JP, uh, what do you... I don't know about you, but my, my pick on the NBA final, I'm saying it's Milwaukee and Golden State.
0: I'm saying Toronto... And Portland, But uh, no wait, Toronto and Golden State.
1: Yeah, let's see what, well, let's see how Portland does in Game 2, though.
0: Yeah, Portland decided not to show up in Game 1.
1: Well, in retrospect, they had a shorter rest period, didn't practice, and they came from Denver. Yeah,
0: and you know what they do in Denver, right?
1: Because they got high because they got high because they got high
0: <laughs>
1: classic, yeah <laughs> they got high, and I'm not talking about just the altitude, although that was a factor too, but um but yeah i'm if they I'm willing to I'm willing to bet we'll see a different team in game two though I hope so. And I just really have this feeling about Milwaukee. I mean, we already saw them smoke the Celtics. Not just smoke them, but smoked them in four straight games.
0: Yeah, they made the Celtics their bitch.
1: Yep. And I'll also talk about the coaching situation for the Lakers and how I feel about it.
0: Um, I'm going to be the next coach of the Lakers, not that Dan Vogel guy. How's that sound?
1: You know, I know so many people are critical about Frank Vogel saying, "Look what he did in Orlando." I'm like, you do realize that Orlando was a crappy team. Yeah. It's like no coach could have turned that team around. No. And it's not so much the hiring of Vogel I have a problem with. It's the way the Laker, it's the deal he got, and the way the Lakers handled it. I have most issue with that one, and why they and how they completely screwed up, and they could have had Tyron Lue. But that's that'll all be covered when I talk when I talk about all of it on Variety Bytes. So until the next time, I want to thank you guys for listening. Of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and various other platforms, including Anchor. He's JP Mayer. I'm Sean Williams, and we are out of here. Say goodnight, JP.
0: Goodnight, JP. Hey, Axel, do you want to say goodnight? Nah, no, he's just
1: like that. He was born
0: perfect, and just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.